All right. We're rolling. Sounds Episode good. 27. We have the spectacular, curly-haired, amazing, blue-eyed wonder, Brandon Kilkenny. So thanks, Brandon. I totally trapped you in the hallway, threw you into the office, and I'm forcing you to do this podcast. So 27 episode, Brandon Kilkenny. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. And uh, shout out to Chris Prince for the blindside nomination, I guess, apparently, from what I got told. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. So uh, tell us where you grew up and uh, what high school you went to and that kind of stuff. Okay. So I'm originally from Peace River, Alberta. Um, was born there, raised there for about five or six years, moved to Edmonton with the family in 89. Uh, but I spent a lot of my summers going back there, so I still consider that my hometown. A lot of families back from back there, all my cousins, uh, large family I'm from, so it's home, it always will be home. Um, and then for school, I spent, I grew up in Millwoods. Um, Millwoods, to all the people out there. Yeah, bud. That, well, I'm, I live in Millwoods right now. It's, nice. it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I grew up there, I uh, went to Edith Rogers is a junior high and Jay Percy Page is a high school. Played uh, rugby there. Um, didn't have They didn't have football, so I didn't get too much into that. But I did play rugby for him when I was there. My son goes to Jay Percy now. Nice. Yeah. Small world, man. Yeah. I love Millwoods. Panthers. Go Panthers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, in high school, so you went to Jay Percy. What what? Did, were you interested in construction? What was like? What were you thinking in your high school years that you were going to go do? Um, to be honest with you, it was that was like the tech boom um, was going on. So they had a what year was that? Um, I was there. I graduated in '03, so 2003. Okay. Um, so it was a lot of that was going around the school. I was always in between stuff. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed math. Um, so there's the engineering option. Um, I always kind of had a like for architecture, so I was looking at that as well. Um, obviously, my dad's a superintendent, so I've been around construction my entire life since I was a kid, uh, going to his job sites when he was running his own business, helping out there on weekends or when, I wouldn't say helping out when he had to take me because my mom didn't want me in the house because I was too much to handle, so I had to go with dad for the day. Um, so <laughs> No. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of got, it was just kind of, you know what, I didn't really know, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I didn't think, well, I know construction is always there, um, just being that it was well, how my dad provided for us, so yeah. there was always an option. But like any parent, my parents wanted me to do better, try to get something more for myself. And yeah, um, yeah. so I ended up actually going the Nate route and took a, a year of architectural technology. Um, so I had honors in that and then had a fortunate family tragedy. Um, so I'd take some time away from that and then I kind of got in the trades um, and then found out that I enjoyed it. And that is, I was, um, I had a awesome time at work. And I just liked being on my feet, working with my hands. And that was something that I never took the rap program. It wasn't, it was an option out of school, but I didn't really look at it as a career path and kind of wishing if I can go back, as you always do, you wish maybe I should have went that route instead and got yeah. into it a little earlier than I did. But I was still, I think in my twenties, nineteen twenty when I got into trades. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I actually did the rap program. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. I was 16 drinking beer on top of a roof doing <laughs> things I probably shouldn't discuss on a podcast, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, rap program was great. It was great. Um, so out of high school, what was your first job then? Did, did you go like from high school to construction or? No, I, so, so, I did. Uh, so you did school for a bit right out of high school. Yeah, I did school and just, you know, the, 
like my first job ever was washing uh was a dishwasher at denny's nice you know getting paid 590 an hour <laughs> um and then kind of did some hosting at restaurants just you know those little part-time yeah. jobs worked at a call center while i was in high school for uh, for pizza hut that was a good little gig um just kind of just just space savers really like just yeah. oh, i'm just gonna make a little bit of money and that was really it yeah that's cool and, and then so um your first construction job was with who Oh, I worked for Graham Construction. Um, I started off as labor on the night shift, and I was like moonlighting doing that while I was going to school at night on weekends. So I'd go night shift. We were renting a bunch of Safeways. Um, at the time, we had a contract with them, and that's kind of how I got started was dirty demo. Dirty yeah. demo. Yeah. Nice. And then you were at Graham doing that for, so you were labor for how long? Uh, I labored for about a year, year and a half. They always wanted their laborers to have a year to two years experience before they applied for their apprenticeship. Yep. And then I applied for my apprenticeship. Um, so that would have been 05-ish? Yeah, 05. Okay. Yeah, that would have been right around there. Yeah, 05. Um, that's when I applied for the apprenticeship and I got into that and um, started up as an apprentice. So I was indentured when I was we were working out in Fort, uh, working out in Fort McMurray. Uh, Longboat Landing, they had the Husky Energy Center or the Cano College they were kind of doing. We were at both, I was more at Longboat, but I'd go over there and jackhammer piles, do that and do that kind of stuff. And Cool. And uh, so you were at, and that was all with Graham? Yes. So you were with Graham pretty much your full career or how did um, how did that work? You got, cause you I, were, you were at Flatiron, I thought. I was at Graham for five years. Five um, years, okay. Yeah, so I started my apprenticeship, got my journeyman ticket. Yeah. I was on the Northwest Anthony Henday project. Ah, um, okay. We're doing the bridge thing. My core values were being, or sorry, the person I was working for, yeah. their core values didn't align with mine. Yeah. And I just got to the point where I realized that I can do better for myself and get better opportunity. So I had to leave Graham and I left a lot of good friends over there. I still got a lot of good friends that are still there um, in the general foreman role. They're superintendents now. Um, so it's one of the things that's hard to leave people that you enjoyed working with for so long. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going to Clark and did a high rise with them. And then there's an opportunity to go to town. Um, so I kind of jumped on that to go do heavy industrial, something I haven't experienced before. Yeah. And I was always big on trying to get as much experience as you could. Yeah. Um, so I got to do the bridges. I got to do a lot of heavy commercial um, and then heavy industrial, high rises. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Cool. And then you came to Shandos when? Uh, 2015. 2015? Yeah. So. What was your first job at Shandos? The, I went to the home hardware for a few weeks out in Spruce Grove and we were doing that. Okay. Um, we had to frame up the vestibule. Um, myself and a few others were out there and then from there I went to Alberta Block with Kirk Jones. Oh, nice. It was like my first, okay, you're gonna be here for six months. Sean Connolly, Kirk Yeah, Sean Jones. Connolly was there as the general yeah. foreman at the time. Yeah. And yeah, and we did that and that was interesting build that one. Yeah, right downtown. Yeah, right downtown. My first uh, experience with IPD, because uh, that was an IPD project. Yeah. And, yeah, it was just being in a 103-year-old building or one part of it. The other yeah. one was a little younger, but... Yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And so when you came to Shandos, were you, did you come as a GF? I can't remember. Uh, no, I came in as a carpenter. Yeah. Um, I had my, I had, I had two meetings. I had the first one with Kara. Yeah. And then I just asked her about what kind of programs there was for leadership and things like that because I've always been in them or as a part of them. Yeah. Um, and she said there was the GF program. Um, and then I sat down with, at the time, Jeff Sawaski, and we just talked about it and just that there wasn't any openings for that. They were, we were just starting to go after a lot of concrete work at the time. And that's kind of what they were gearing me up for. Yeah. And then I went into buildings and that's where I stayed. <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. Okay, and so so now currently you're a GF. Yes. Um, and you're a phenomenal GF, by the way. You're Thank doing you. you're doing really well. Um, we threw you into a fire and said, "Figure it out." So you're you're doing well at West Point there. Uh, what are your future aspirations? Um, like, do you want to become a superintendent? Do you want to become more? Do you want to become, you know, CEO of Shandos one day? Like, what what are your aspirations when you see when you look at the big picture of your career? Long-term planning, um, like just with because everybody writes their well, I like to write my like, okay, I want to be this in five years, I want to do this in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, the GF and making the GF role last year when I was at Botanical was a big one for me. Um, I want to hone my skill. Um, obviously, you want to move up the ladder, but at the same time, you want to do it with secure footing. Um, you can climb it as fast as you can, but if the ladder isn't secured at the bottom or you're not taking your time, you could miss it wrong. And, I just want to make sure I'm getting all the knowledge that I can, all the experience that I can, just really developing my craft, making myself better. Yeah. Um, I've always been trying to be the best at that role. Whether I was carpenter, I wanted to be the best carpenter, you know, do a little extra. Now I'm a GF. I want to learn everything that there is to be about um, about being a GF and have me able to work with Chris Prince, Luke Kotowich, at Botanica, seeing their commitment, all the things that they're doing there, all the little skills that you don't get to see yeah. when you're not in the office or you don't share a workspace with them. Yeah. Um, I, of what the role really is, it kind of just like, oh, there's a lot of growth in that space. Um, so obviously my goal one day is to become a superintendent, eventually a senior superintendent, and then possibly up for management if that's where I, I tend to go. But if I'm happy being a super, maybe I'll stay a super. You know, it's just, there's that satisfaction of building that I don't want to lose, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, if that's something I've always enjoyed about construction, whether it was um, climbing a gang form or doing housekeeping pads, there's just, you hands-on, there's uh, there's something at the end of the day, you can be proud of it. And I know when you step away from that, like our conversations all the time, it's just, I think I'd miss it. So I just, oh, we'll see. Yeah, I got, I got time, I'm not in a rush. I yeah. got time, so. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I, I really respect you wanting to understand before you rise up. I do believe that some people try and climb the position faster than they're ready for. Um, that happens actually quite a bit. Um, they think it's all grass is greener on the upper level. Um, it's actually quite lonely <laughs> as you climb because uh, it's all you. But, it, you know, like uh, one, one of the awesome things that I would say about you is like you're a specialist. You're very much a specialist. You, you want to like, okay, what is this? I don't understand it. I'm going to research it until I understand it. So that I, I noticed that about you right away is that's, that's like how you attack things. You really want to dive in and understand. Um, as far as you know, getting into the GF role, yeah, it's a different, it's a different world, bud. Oh, it is absolutely. <laughs> it's a different world. Um, you know, I, I've had, I, ha I'm in a lucky position because I get to see all aspects of her business, like hands down. It's, it's actually pretty awesome. This, this, this job. Um, but. The field aspect, man, it's so like you guys, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome in the field. You know, you're 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 what makes the wheel turn, right? Yeah. So, shout out to the field. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. Um, so, throughout your career, from from labor to general foreman, now, um, now you're in a more management role. So, throughout your career, is there certain individuals that stick out in your mind as as 
you know, somebody who's mentored you and you've had like a bunch of aha moments with them. Like walk me through some of those people who, if they were here today, you'd like to give them a shout out. Um, one would be, well, I have to go all the way back to Graham. It'd be Jerry Smodiak. He was a senior superintendent and structural engineer and he kind of pegged me early. Um, he did mentor my father. Um, so it was kind of when I came along, he was wanting to get his hands on me <laughs> pretty quick. Um, so he just taught me a lot. And one of those guys that always had an answer would stamp his own drawings on site for a high rise, like had that, had that swag, if you like that That's swag awesome. and that confidence and old school, yeah. old school superintendent as they come. Yeah. And he was one of the guys that, um, he had, he had a really big influence on, um, on me. Um, I haven't really talked to him in a little while, but I heard he's doing really well. So That's I got to give awesome, him a shout. Man. Yeah. Um, also Dave Adams at Graham, he was a superintendent that was, that I always worked with. Like I was always on, on his jobs cause there's a, um, there's a small group of us in the city and he'd always have us on his jobs. Um, him, our buddy, Ryan Cressy, um, who's no longer employed there. My buddy, Anthony Linton, who's over there. Uh, he's, his, uh, I think he just got the bump to a superintendent and just those guys being able to work with like a lot of my peers. Cause we'd like, we'd challenge each other and ask each other questions to make each other better. Yeah. And like, even to this day, I hop on the phone. Hey guys, I'm like, I'm looking at this. What do you guys think? Yeah. Just as friends, just cause we always want to be better. That was the atmosphere oh, yeah. amongst all my friends that were working there at the time. Uh, so they had a big, uh, uh, they had a big role in that, you know, cause you see your buddies, uh, ascending the ladder. So you want to ascend the ladder and then yeah. just having each other as a benchmark. Uh, then more like those are the big ones. Um, at my time at Clark, I didn't really have a good connection with anybody there in as far as site superintendents being that, uh, the guy that was there ended up leaving. Um, so they're like, I didn't really get tagged anybody. I was only there for about a year and a bit. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, it was the same with PCL. It was a big job, 1500 guys. You're a cog in the machine, yeah. you know? So there wasn't no connection there. Uh, when I got to, I, w I had a little brief stint to Ledcore before I went backpacking and traveling. Uh, this gentleman there by the name of Don Harnish was really good. And I got along with him. And even though I was there for six months, um, he was very intelligent and the guy that he I had to bounce ideas off of and talk and, and, and he was approachable like you, he'd walk around site and you wouldn't know it. He was the big, big guy in the office by how he walked around site, how he approached the workers and stuff. And I always appreciated that, that he made time for us. Um, and then coming over here, um, Rob Lieber, um, when we were at the Saka project had a big influence on me, being able to work with Chris Fry. Um, yeah, those are probably the two main ones that I've had. Um, but obviously you with your leadership, um, just while we talk about leadership books and stuff and we're always poking each other's brains on uh, uh, what books we're reading or um, our leadership traits or things we're thinking about like I always like that kind of stuff yeah yeah so yeah you know what like I think I think it's um, again uh, I get to work out in the whole aspect of our company but still my the hardest job that I do know after seeing the full yeah. aspect is a superintendent that is the hardest job. Um, there's a lot of responsibility for people's lives mm -hmm. in your hands as, as a site manager, you know? And uh, so, yeah, like, you know, when it comes to leadership and, and, and things, you know, do, are you born with it? Do you learn it? Is it an attitude thing? I, I, I've never been able to answer those questions, but I know this. If you care about your team, you will be successful in that team. And if you can work with your team, that's, you know, it doesn't matter what position you are. It, 
it you know like it benefits the whole team right yeah. so that's that's good that you still have that peer-to-peer relationship um, it's easier to have a peer-to-peer relationship in the field than it is in the office it's it's a weird dynamic mm-hmm. actually um, yeah people in the office can say oh yeah we have a peer-to-peer nah, it's not the same um, there's something to be said when you're standing knee-deep in fucking mud with your with your buddy handing each other a crowbar and prying something out you know or yeah. stripping a bulkhead or you know like there's something to be said about that bond that's built and, and then you like you said you push each other to be better you know um i I, can't, I think it was darcy darcy was telling me a story last week about how when he was um a field engineer this this old superintendent made him go frame a bulkhead in a big in a big wall pour, and then he made him strip it out. And the superintendent was like, "What's taking you so long?" He's like, ah. "Darcy was like, I don't know. Like, it's, this is hard." And he's like, "Yeah, you put too many fucking nails in it." <laughs> yeah. So you know, like that that learning from experience. That's funny. That's that's, <laughs> that's a good one. I'm I'm not doing that story justice, but Darcy actually like he has some great stories about uh, the field. And so I, th- that's funny. That's funny when, you know, like there's something to be said about that feel experience too. So yeah, you put too many nails to strip that bulkhead. I know, th- I know that feeling. Um, so that's, that's awesome, man. So um, future aspects, we got that covered. What, if I was to peg you, what is your leadership style? I'm all about the team. Um, I've been that way. It's how I could help my teammates um, when I was a lead hand. It was letting my supervisors know that I could be depended on. Um, it was letting the carpenters underneath me know that they come to me with any question. Um, there's no such thing as a stupid question because I didn't know things when I first started. And just to have, just always trying to be approachable and being there for uh, either your coworkers or your crew or letting people know that they can lean on you if they need to. Um, I'm always about um, give and take with my team. It's I'm gonna give you my attention and my time if you guys need it. If you guys need the support, ask the questions. Um, but I'm going to also take if you if I need you guys to stay late. I that's the expectation, you know. It's it's that give and take with your team and knowing that you can depend on each other. And once you start having that as your core, then you can work off that. Especially when you have people that want to learn and they want to be there. Um, and that's a real big one for me is that I want to be there. I want to do the best job that I can. I want my team to exemplify that as well. That you know what? Let's try aim for 100%. If we get 95 because of these site conditions or because this is because this build isn't just fitting right. Yeah. At least we got 95%. I don't want us going in, okay, let's just give 65 and then end up with 50. That, yeah. That's not how I am. Yeah. It's if I can't do it right. And that's something I got to work on because I'm kind of a perfectionist that way where I get really frustrated with stuff. If I can't just make it 100%, it, oh, it just irks me for some reason. That's, that's but, time. That's time. Yeah. That's time served as, as yeah. a leader, right? And, and you know that about you, so it'll oh, come. Yeah. It'll come. That's, that's awesome. One of the things. So it's all about the team. Team, team, team. So that's great, man. Yeah, you're, you're very much a team player. I know I can rely on you. If you're on one of my projects, mm-hmm. I know that I can rely on you to get it done. So I, I hope you know that. You you are a reliable Thanks. person. and You're awesome to have it on the team. So we got work stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your smoking hot wife. So how, when did you guys meet? How did you hook up uh. with that beauty of a of a lady like walk us through that story like because you guys have been together how long now uh, 13 years it's going is it going to be 13 or 14 years this september so tell us that story okay jarman yeah so she has Jarman's a funny name amazing. She, yeah 
She's a beauty. Uh, she's an amazing person. Um, yeah. So how we met, actually, she was working on a job site I was on for Graham at the time. Her dad is actually a superintendent at Graham. Um, we're just friends. We're both in relationships. Um, and we we're just friends, which was like, and she was, we just had awesome chemistry. Um, but it was nothing more than that. Um, and then eventually I ended up leaving that project. She ended up going back to school and then she actually, she called me to ask me on a date. And she's, she called you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm oblivious. So she called me <laughs> to ask me on a date. Yeah. And um, yeah, we kind of started off as just being friends. And then obviously we started seeing each other and that turned into one year to three years to five, now 10, a house. Our beautiful daughter Monty, um, yeah, life's good. That's so, so you guys dated for how long before you got married? Currently not married. Oh, I thought you guys were married. No, no, not oh. married. Common law, we're common law. Oh. Yeah, Jarvin wanted a house in that first before that. She's actually pretty tuned in, which I appreciate. Nice. Yeah. So, are you guys going to get married? Oh yeah, we'll eventually do something. Maybe <laughs> sign the papers and just throw a party for some uh, for Sounds us like and a for Vegas others. Run. Sounds like a Vegas oh, run, no, dude. Oh, no, Jarman wouldn't do that. No? No, we'll have something for all the family. We have to have, I have a large family, so I yeah. got to make sure that um, everybody gets an invite. So that's it'll be cool. a hall and a little hall with a DJ and some food. So, so that's super awesome. Your wife is amazing, by the way. Yeah, she's, she does well. She's 100% amazing. Um, you guys had Monty... January 3rd, uh, 2019. So, 2019. Yeah. So she's just over... 18 months. She's just over, so she's 18 months old. Yeah. Tell us about that journey. Because when I, when I met you, I for some reason, I thought you were married, you had kids, and but you're like, dude, I remember calling you, and you're like, no, we're not, I don't have kids, man. Yeah. So anyway, um, t- tell us about that. Tell us a little bit about Father that. Who? So now you're a dad. Yeah, I'm a dad. That's been awesome experience. Uh, they change your world in amazing ways. It's nice to have something that that is the priority yeah. and it makes everything else fall in line when obviously you're when you're working it's okay it's obviously it's always your health or your career right is that how i like to stack it up like obviously it's um my health my partner and then it was always in my career and then now there's this little person that's in there and they're getting way more attention so it's Obviously, I have to take care of myself first so I can take care of yeah. my family. So it's yeah. my health, it's my family, and then it's my career. And it's just one of those things to have those three things in balance is, is tough with the little one running around, but it's something that we're still working on daily. And um, it, being a dad's awesome. She talks a lot. She runs around. Uh, she's starting to push boundaries the last little bit, like banging on walls and doing things she doesn't normally do to see our reaction and like looking at us. Um, but she's super loving. Um, loves being outside. She loves the outdoors. We take her on oh, runs nice. with us. We do family runs uh, every weekend. We go for a run and she's in her little cart and loves animals. Um, it's just, yeah, she's, it's exciting to watch it and see the world through their eyes and what they get excited about. Um, so Baby Shark has been on repeat at the house the last little while. Oh my she, God. Yeah, she's figured that one out. I think my mom played it for her. And yeah, so that's been baby, ongoing. Baby yeah, doo-doo, doo-doo, and she'll just point at the phones. We don't like her having phones. Yeah. So we know it's the grandparent. They give her the phone and they yeah. play that for her. And yeah. So I've been doing that a lot lately, every night, a couple times a night. So that's kind of been the new thing. In yeah. The house. That's cool. What's the funniest thing you've ever, like when you look back and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what's the funniest thing that you've seen her do so far? Oh, man. There's lots, right? Oh. Hard to choose. There is What's wa- the latest, funniest thing you've seen her do? She's been... Um, 
So I taught her how to do tickle fingers. Yeah. With the tickle fingers, and I'll just be like, yeah. I'll be like, uh, <laughs> I mean, they want to go do tickle fingers to mom and she'll like creep around the corner with her tickle fingers and that's kind of like it's hilarious yeah but she's walking like she wants to tickle you but she can't reach you yeah. so she'll make you bend down so she can tickle you by the neck yeah and that's kind of been the funniest thing that's been going on in the house recently nice. and she does it to everybody nice that's awesome man yeah. that's awesome what are your aspirations for her when she gets older what, oh. what are you thinking every parent has that forecast my oh. daughter's gonna my son's gonna be um honestly with her it's I have two younger sisters, yeah. so um, I just want her to be. I just want her to be a confident woman. Um, I don't want her to have to deal with all the pressures from social media that my wife talks about, or I've seen my sisters deal with. Um, I just want her to be loving, caring, independent. I want her to know that uh, she has value and is not by other people or what, um, like the beauty other people portray, and all those stresses that come with being a girl, which yeah. I. Like I've been ignoring that, even though I have two little sisters, and I could kind of see it. And then yeah, but we'll I hear never my wife understand. talk. Yeah, we'll never understand. But yeah. having a daughter, it's I have like I want to prepare her for that. Yeah, I yeah. want to prepare her to have a plan and just have direction and just be there to support. Yeah. you know, just support capacity all the way to show well, her that she's loved and what and what she deserves and what she should get out of life is anything she can put her mind to. You mm. know, that's kind of where I want her to go. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're off to a great start. First of all, I can tell you're a fantastic dad. Second of all, you have a super awesome teammate with you yeah. raising this kid. So, any future kids? There has been discussions. So we're in, pre <laughs> we're in preliminary discussions. Uh, yeah, that's on the books. We wanted to keep them close. So, or maybe we'll start trying before the end of the year. Um, but there's some things that we got to get done first. But it, it is going to happen. It's just when. Cool. And wh where do you guys live right now? We live in Summerside. Summerside. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize you live in yeah. Summerside. So, South. Yeah. Okay, cool. You, you didn't leave too far from Millwoods. No, no. Um, I tried buying a house there. German wouldn't let me. She wanted to be in Summerside. <laughs> hey, man, I love the hoods. Yeah. Love it. Millwoods. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So what are some of the things that you do? Because I know you're a big fan of health yeah. and, and just fitness as a whole. So what what are some of the things that you do for extracurricular curricular to like burn off? What are some of the things that you do? What are some of your hobbies? Do you have like a random hobby, like Amy Pays jump out of planes and off bridges for fun? Or? No, no, no base jumping for this guy. <laughs> I like to stay on the ground, uh, unless I'm taking flights to a tropical destination or to <laughs> Europe or travel or anything like that. But I like to stay my feet firmly planted on the ground. Um, golfing is a big one. I like to golf. I'm an avid golfer. Um, I try to get out with that. That's something I got Jarman into, so we do it together um, often. Um, that's something I grew up doing with my family. Um, all my dad and uncles, they all golfed, so that's something I got into at a young age. Enjoy doing that. Um, other than that, I like to go for runs. Um, I played ball hockey for the last five seasons, then COVID hit, and I'm kind of getting away from that, which was nice because it kind of ran its course, uh, just to have a little break from it. Um, with that too, like it just, with the team atmosphere, like I played ball hockey with Sean Bruff and some of his friends and brothers, um, and not, like in other guys that seem to just pass by sight and oh you play ball hockey then yeah it's kind of just have a little ball community there um, yeah That's little awesome. home workouts um, I like to go canoeing um, I've been in that last few years I really enjoy that I really enjoy being on the water in the water yeah that's pretty much it 
That's great. So uh, one thing I didn't ask you, so you you have two younger sisters? Yes. What, what, what's your total family dynamic? So with my family, there's five of us. Um, obviously my mom and my dad, and then I got, I'm the oldest, and then I got two younger sisters. Okay. One's two years apart, and then me and my youngest sister were five years apart. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And are you close with your sisters at all? Yes, we are. All of our family is very close. We have a close-knit family group. Um, Obviously, my parents, uh, they divorced when I was 16. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been tight ever since. Like, uh, me and my sisters good. have always been close, yeah. That's good. And where do your sisters live? In town here? Or? Yeah, they live in Edmonton. My one sister, uh, she just lives near Bonnie Doon. Has actually been using the pool. Um, so she's been updating me on the Bonnie Doon pool. Because I guess they open and you can actually reserve to go and do lane swims and stuff now there. Yeah. So she's pretty excited about that. Because it's like right on her doorstep. And then my other sister lives in the south side. Cool. Awesome. Well, man, thank you so much for uh, coming in and giving us a peek into the world of BK. Mr. BK. Yeah. Mr. BK. <laughs> Just kidding. BK is fine. Um, no, 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 that's awesome. I, I know I totally caught you off guard, but was it that bad? Still a little nerve-wracking, 100%. Oh, man, come on, man. Yeah. It's, no, it's fine. It's fine. So, so Favorite, okay, before we go, mm -hmm. um, two things. I want to do a selfie with you yeah. um, so I can post this. And then the other thing is, what is your favorite leadership book? Ooh, yeah. right. So, oh, man. It could be Flavor of the Month. Something that that you feel influenced you the most. Okay, I have to, I'm going to have to say two books. Yep, One's do. not so much, a, one might be considered a leadership book, but it was kind of like the catalyst of uh, change for me so the the, uh, the subtle art about not giving a fuck yeah that one so I, like so that's a great book by yeah the way. so yeah so i seen that book and it was something me and uh, chantelle shabib uh we bonded over when she was at Botanica because she had it and i and i just read it and it was just a book like oh that looks good and actually it was jarman's book and i ended up reading it and i was just like man it was so like freeing and then that kind of got me on this other book which was recommended to me years ago, but I never looked into it I, or anything like that. It was the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And when I read that book, there's a lot of things that, there's traits in there that I already was doing, but you know what I mean? Like just like, oh yeah, that's kind of, I align um, with that. Yeah. I think about this, oh yeah, I've used that. Yeah. And just in, in my day-to-day -day dealings and who I was as a person. Um, and that kind of, those were the, the two books the one to start the thought process, uh, to be open, yeah, and then that one. That's awesome, then, man. And then since then, it's been The Authentic Leader by David Irvine. You lent me that one. I'm currently reading um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, was another one, another 5 a.m. club. I've read, and it's an excellent one. It's a good book. Yeah. It has a lot of good leadership qualities in there, but... A lot of it's the same, yeah. and there's their own twist, but it's just nice to have that broad overview yeah. of what you like out of it, and you can take off each book, and yeah. so yeah. Yeah, the biggest piece for leadership for me is the authenticity piece. Yeah. That, that, so if I was to have a wheelhouse, yeah. that, that's what it would be, mm -hmm. would be the authentic leader. So when I found this crazy, amazing philosopher dude, um, David Irvine, I was just, it totally transformed me. Like it, yeah. it did. It changed me. It changed my DNA and the way I process stuff. And um, so I'm really excited to share that. And I'm glad 
I got to share that book with you because it, it's an amazing book and I hope that you got something out of it. Oh yeah, no, it, it was an excellent book. Like, it, it, I, I use it as my Bible, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm, gl- I'm glad that you got something out of it and I'm, that, that makes me happy. And if you ever get a chance to go to his workshop, mm-hmm. um, if COVID ever ends, whenever that is, but like if you ever get a chance, Brandon, I'm telling you, like it's, it's like altering. Like just amazing the the connections you make with the people, um, like it was it was it was pretty awesome. So, anyway, thanks for coming on. Don't no run away. I, we still have to do a selfie, and I want to take a picture of that amazing hair you got rolling. Um, and then, uh, any last final thought? Give me a quote. Oh, quote. Brandon Gil- Kilkenny quote. Mr. BK quote. Uh, I, I got nothing to put me on the spot. Blank, blank, blank. 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 So what blank. do you say to your team to get them motivated? What What's your go-to saying? Oh, man, I got tons. Um, there we go. My what? guy, that one I use often. You'll hear people say it to me. Um, there is that one. There is I appreciate you. That's one I often use all the time. It's just it's a lot better than saying thank you. It's, hey, man, I appreciate you. Um, that's when I use lots. Just letting them know. Awesome. So here we are ending the segment with Mr. BK saying he appreciates us. So Appreciate awesome. All of you. Thanks. Awesome, Thanks, guys. Man.